Welcome to Fertile Minds Radio. Here you'll find wisdom for your fertility journey and beyond, chosen specifically to help you trust your body and elevate your spirit so you can enjoy the process. Join us and see what a fertile mind feels like. Now your host, Hilary Talbot Rowland. Welcome back to another installment of Fertile Minds Radio. We have an awesome show for you today. I am so honored to have the opportunity to have my meditation teacher and mentor, David G., here on the show. He will be giving us some tips on how to manifest true transformation in any area of your life from within and answering the question, how do I stop being attached to the outcome of something I want so, so badly? For those of you who don't know who David G. is, he is an internationally recognized stress management expert, corporate trainer, meditation teacher, and author of the critically acclaimed and Amazon number one bestseller, Destressifying, The Real World Guide to Personal Empowerment, Lasting Fulfillment, and Peace of Mind, and Secrets of Meditation, a practical guide to inner peace and personal transformation, winner of the Nautilus Book Award. We are going to talk about those books today, as well as his third, Sacred Powers, that launches 12-12-17, which is in two days. Having apprenticed under Deepak Chopra for more than a decade as lead educator and dean of the Chopra Center University, David G. has personally taught hundreds of thousands of people to meditate. He now travels the world, helping individuals awaken to the best versions of themselves and discover their finest expression in life. For the past five years, he's hosted Live from the Sweet Spot with David G. on Hay House Radio. He is also credited with creating the 21-day meditation process, which has spawned hundreds of 21-day challenges around the world. He has several best-selling guided meditation albums available on Amazon Music, uh, as well as his site, davidg.com, Google Play, Spotify, Pandora, SoundCloud. He is seemingly everywhere. And I have to say, truly, David G is the voice that woke me up so many years ago, and I can't thank him enough for that. I can remember being so excited to get my Chopra Center meditations, and then they started rotating the teachers, who were all awesome, but I remember being exceptionally excited when it was his day and trying to be like, oh, he was on seven. Is he going to be 14? Is he only going to do three? What's going to happen? I was uh, definitely living in the future then. And I can honestly say that I wouldn't be doing this show if I hadn't made the leap to learn from him to be a meditation teacher so many years ago. So thank you from me, from the bottom of my heart, and a thank you for my listeners, because this wouldn't be into fruition without you. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, Thank you for our connection. And thank you to uh, all your listeners who uh, are looking to take their life to the next level and live with greater grace and greater ease while they um, walk through interesting challenges of life. So thanks. Yeah. I thought we would start the way we always start our webinars for teacher trainings. You are always so gracious enough to just do a little centering meditation to get us kind of all entranced together energetically in the same place. Would you want to do that today before you and I start yakking away? Sure. Sure. We know that uh, the seed we plant uh, in every moment, uh, that's, that's where all the following moments flow. And that's where uh, everything springs from that. So if we can start our process or any process, any meeting, any, uh, any meal, any anything with a little stillness and silence, um, then that gets percolated into every single thought word and action. So uh, if you've never meditated before, or if you're a big meditator, um, we won't go too long on this, but why don't you get comfortable and uh, 
if you haven't meditated before, you'll learn an easy technique. And uh, let's close our eyes. And together, let's take a long, slow, deep breath in. And gently let that go. And remember, comfort is queen. So wherever you are, find comfort in that space. Nestle in, feather your nest. Again, let's take another long, slow, deep breath in. And just let it go. And now just watch your breath as it moves in. And as it moves back out. Don't do anything with that. There's no place else to be. There's nothing else to do except to be right here, right now. And just keep witnessing your breath. And of course, you'll drift away to thoughts or sounds or physical sensations. That's okay. When you realize you've drifted away ever so gently, drift back. Meditation is always a gentle drifting back and forth. And now let's invite an intention into our awareness, something we'd like to see unfold today, this week, perhaps in the new year. Something we can actually do, some step we can actually take. And just invite that into your awareness. And once that's crystallized, invite it into your heart. Feel it nestle in. Feel it start to settle in. And now plant that intention like a seed in your heart. And take a long, slow, deep breath in. Feel it embed. Feel it take root. And let it go. We'll leave it up to the universe to answer. We'll leave it up to spirit to sort out the details. And let's keep witnessing our breath. And now together, let's take a long, slow, deep breath in and gently let that go. Let's do that one more time. Long, slow, deep breath in. And gently release that. And when it feels comfortable, you can slowly open your eyes. You can come back here, you can look around, knowing that you've planted a seed of stillness and silence as you move throughout the rest of your day. So welcome back, Hillary. Oh, thanks. That was so awesome. I my own little personal meditation with you. <laughs> it's been a while since I've been in your company. I'm definitely looking forward to uh, sitting with you and Libby for a week in January at your new 
meditated and liberated retreat. Yeah, I can't wait to see you. I'm really excited. Yeah, that's that's a brand new course. I feel like this is your year of transformation. You've revamped like all of your courses. This is a new one. Yeah, well, you know, I think that um, I think rejuvenation, renewal, rebirth. Uh, we should all take advantage of of those opportunities. There's so many mindsets and things that we get stuck in, and we get trapped in that, and then that becomes our prison. Um, but if we can say I'm going to shed some some of that skin and and see what I can birth right now. Uh, I think that that allows our creativity to continue. That allows our growth to continue. Um, that allows us to see the world with new eyes on a consistent basis. Even in the the most ancient Buddhist teachings, you know, it says approach every single moment with a beginner's mind. And uh, we don't enough. We get jaded and we get um, sometimes so ingrained in certain certain philosophies and certain mindsets and certain ways of thinking that we get stale. And if we're looking to bring something new into our life, whether that's um, a child or uh, a new aspect of a relationship or a new job or just a way of, you know, a new pathway, new, a, a new way of moving through the world, we have to be willing to give ourselves permission to shed what no longer serves us and bring in something new, fresh, bold, so we can step into it. Yes, I couldn't agree more. That's what I'm preaching to my patients all the time. Let's let's empty what's full so we can make space for something new to come in. Right. So this is my year of of. Uh, I reached out to Libby, who I you know I, I actually when I was at the um, at the Chopra Center, uh, I tractor beamed her in and hired her uh, more than <laughs> ten years ago, and uh, she left the Chopra Center in January, and I figured this is perfect. It's reunited time. Let's create something that has a lot of divine feminine energy. And maybe some of these concepts I'm slinging around here are, are, are too woo-woo for a lot of people listening. Um, but we know it. We know what masculine energy is. It's, it's, um, you know, it's focused. It's sharp. It's loud. It's, um, it's moving forward. It's getting things done. And then there's that female energy, which is nourishing and um, holding space and kind and nurturing and supportive and so you know that's if we can if we can mix that up so i figured let me let me invite some powerful divine feminine energy uh into all of my teachings and into all of my workshops and uh, so libby has been joining me uh on a lot of different things teaching yoga and, and sharing some of her uh some of her practices over the last several months and yeah in january we're launching um meditated and liberated and so that's, uh, we have this, you know, sort of like a gimmick going, I meditated and she's liberated. <laughs> and between the two of us, we will, you know, get you still, open your heart and, uh, you know, help you gain some tools and techniques and some practices to take your life to the next level. Well, I'm excited. It's always nice to come be the student. And uh, I did have the uh fortune to take some classes with Libby when I went to the Chopra Center a long time ago, um, actually when I first met you. And so I'm excited to see what you two have cooked up. Yeah. Woo so your third book, it launches in two days. Well, if you're listening to this, there, my listeners are going to be listening on uh, Christmas Eve. This is when this comes out. You are my Christmas oh. gift to my listeners. How do you nice. like that? Well, it comes out twelve twelve. Comes out yeah. December twelfth. So it's the uh, the perfect. Um, I don't know if you'll be able to buy it and instantly slide it into someone's stocking. Um, 
but I would say it's uh, required reading for 2018, no matter what your challenge is, because I, I essentially wrote, you know, I wrote Secrets of Meditation in my first book because I really wanted to share that, that there are no rigid rules and that there's so many different access points uh, for us connecting to be the calm amidst the chaos, to be the stillness inside the storm, uh, to be clearer, to have, uh, to, to make better choices. And that's why I wrote Secrets of Meditation. Uh, but after I wrote that, um, you know, a lot of, I got invited to speak in a lot of corporate settings, you know, working in Bank America and Merrill Lynch and Lululemon and a lot of working, started working with law enforcement and the military. And I said, you know, I, I want something that's really, really mainstream. Um, so that's why I wrote Destressifying. Uh, there's no Sanskrit in that book. It's not kooky. Uh, it's, it's really evidence-based and it's all about how to, how to harness the stress that you have in your life um, because stress is in the eye of the beholder and really use it uh, to take your life to the next level. And so that's been, you know, really uh, a focus of what I've been teaching over the last um, several years. And then, I don't know, since I've been out on my own for the last six years, every single day I get emails from people that say, what should I do in this situation? And I'm not a therapist. I'm not a physician. Uh, I was trained by physicians, but I'm not one. My mom wanted me to be a doctor, but I, I disappointed her. Um, and I'm not <laughs> one. <laughs> so... Um, you know, but I'm asked every single day, um, I'm stuck at this crossroads or I'm finding myself at a fork in the road or I'm not sure what to do. Do I leave my spouse? Do I leave my job? Do I double down and, you know, you know, continue with IVF? Do I launch into this direction or that direction? How do I leave this or stay here? You know, one of those things. And I never have, you know, I don't want to say to someone, oh, here's what you should do. Uh, but I want to, them to know that there are so many amazing tools that have existed for thousands of years. And it's not just meditation. These are, these are tools of empowerment and tools of manifestation and tools of transformation and tools of clarity and tools of, of living with deeper fulfillment. And so I, I, um, I began writing this book like two years ago. And I was so excited uh, about it because rather than me saying, yes, dump that loser or quit that job uh, or stay in this relationship, uh, I can say, read this, read this book. There are so many, this book will help you make the most important decisions of your life. This is the book for your defining moments. So uh, listeners, if you find yourself at a defining moment, Sacred Powers is the book for you. Yeah, and I, I think so many of them are in those places, which is why they're listening to things like this podcast is they're they're trying to make some of the toughest decisions of their lives with clarity and, um, you know, they want to get it right, so to speak. And I think you're teaching. So you have this brilliant way of kind of flowing ancient teachings into a way that anybody can understand and can use right away. So I have no doubt that your third book will do exactly that. You know, a lot of a lot of the husbands of my of my patients, or if they make it into my office, they get your second book. Because <laughs> right, you yeah, know, that's it's, it. It's so funny. The first book is for whoever the 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 interested seeker or seer is, and the second book is for the spouse. Usually, yeah, it's, it's well, it's it's so non threatening. You know, it's it's so written so matter of factly of just you know like I knew that, but I forgot that. And you make, you know, you weave the science in a way that's super easy for 
any, again, anyone to understand. And when the police officers or the firemen, they come in or the corporate guys and they're like, I don't know what you've done with my wife, but she's super chill and calm. <laughs> and she's not yelling at me, even though she's on all these crazy hormones. And I want some of that, but I don't want to meditate on my navel all day long or wear funny yoga clothes. What can you right. do? You know, then I hand them your second book. <laughs> That's the amazing thing. You know, um, it's been about three and a half years now that I've been working with um, law enforcement. And, uh, you know, they're very skeptical because, and, and they don't necessarily want the science, you know, but they just want real techniques that are easy. There's no woo woo. They're not, they're not trying to, <laughs> they're not trying to connect with the divine. They're trying to lower their blood pressure. You know, right. they're not they're trying to be a little calmer when they're finding themselves in a very stressful situation. They're not trying to, you know, do angel card reading or anything kooky like that. And so that's really the you know, as concepts of meditation and mindfulness have become just a little bit more mainstream, uh, people don't want to connect to a religion or to angels. Some people do, uh, but the mainstream, the majority of people, they're just, you know, life is stressful and it's filled with anxiety and we torture ourselves, you know, but I believe suffering is optional. So that's really all I want to do is share ways for people um, not to suffer so much, not to struggle so much, to gain a little clarity, to gain a little courage and confidence, uh, to trust their innate wisdom just a little bit more uh, without worrying about that swirl that, that we're all experiencing. If you, hear, if you hear wind in the background, you know, I'm, right now I'm in California and we've had these unbelievable, I'm sitting outside and we've had these 40 to 50 mile an hour winds constantly and that's what's been spreading the wildfires. And so here we are, um, you know, essentially in the sweet spot of the universe, Carlsbad, California, where it's you know, 80 degrees in the first week of December, super dry and super windy. And there's wildfires raging all around here. And, you know, it's, it's such a powerful metaphor for, uh, for life and the struggles that we all have in life because I'm not on fire right now and my house is not on fire and my town is not on fire, but just over the horizon, you know, I can see smoke coming up. And so we have to, you know, decide, you know, how much attention do we want to put on all this stuff that's outside of us that we don't have control over and how much do we want to put on ourselves, which we do have control over. You know, we have total control over our outlook. You know, our outlook, we can plan it, we can fix it, we can adjust it in every single moment. And we have no control over the outcome, even though science supports so many of the things that we're trying to do. Uh, so that's why, you know, the concept of detachment is so misunderstood. Being detached from the outcome doesn't mean you don't care. You could care with every fiber of your being. It means that you're actually willing to say, well, I, I can't control what ultimately happens in the end, but I can control all the steps I take to try to get me to that place. And that's all about, you know, spontaneous right view. What's your, what's your view? How are you viewing this moment? How are you viewing your life? And, you know, essentially, what are the things within my control? Well, I think that's such a, a helpful reminder because it is something that a lot of my patients grapple with every day is, you know, they, 
they want something so badly and they're they're trying to manifest it but they're you know they're almost like squeezing the living life out of it there's no space for it to come in because they want it so badly and at the same time you know some of people who've had failed IVFs or repeated miscarriages or just you know months on end of trying um, when they do get pregnant they're they're scared to hope and they they feel kind of helpless and they forget that the only thing that they do own is their own reaction to what they're being served up day in and day out. And I think it's just something that needs to constantly be kind of repeated to them until they, until they make it part of who they are. That trust of it's, you know, you can, you can choose how you want to feel in any given moment. You can choose what you want your stressor to do to your body. Right. Of course. Cause you're, cause you know, we're naturally in that, um, reactivity mode. We're always trying to solve something. We're always trying to do something uh, with something to fix something. And some things you have to just own. You know, they, this is a, even in like all the like the Bruce Lee movies. You know, it was like you know becoming becoming one with whatever you know whatever the threat was, rather than viewing it as this separate entity. And um, we need to get closer to things that scare us. Because that allows us to be more resilient. That allows us to have greater courage. That allows us to be stronger, um, to handle the setbacks and the disappointments. And because life is filled with them. Was it Pema Chodron that says that, that fear is the that's the natural inclination that you're moving in the right direction? Right. 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 <laughs> you know, if you're not a, a little scared, a little nervous, then maybe you're being complacent. Maybe you're not going after what you really want. Right. Absolutely. You know, we, we, everyone has had their heart broken. So we've had our heart broken perhaps when we were little kids or in our first relationship or when we thought something was going to happen, you know, and, and it didn't. And, you know, it's always what we did with that. And so especially with so many of your patients, you know, every time you go through a, a cycle and hope that this is it. And when it's not, you know, you get your heart broken again. And at a certain point, you just like, and even if you, you know, have the, the good fortune to be, to become pregnant, you know, it's the same thing. You know, I don't, every single moment you're thinking, will my heart get broken? Um, you know, will I have a miscarriage or, or something along those lines? So what we have to do is get closer to our ability to allow our heart to do all the things it's supposed to do so that. You know, we're not living in a state of heartbreak, but, you know, that's just one of the things that can happen to the heart. Another thing that can happen to the heart is that it can love so completely and unconditionally that you feel joy in every moment, you know, and that's, and that's just a perspective shift. For sure. And I, and I think sometimes that that's a, a little bit of priming for what happens when you do have a child and you're kind of overwhelmed with this kind of unconditional love that you have from them beaming at you. And, you know, I have some moms that are kind of caught off guard by that. Their hearts never open so wide. Um, or those that don't, and they manage to kind of like revamp their relationship with their partner because they've been through such, you know, highs and lows. And a lot of them will report that they have a, a newfound love for their partner and they understand them in a different way because of what happened that was heartbreaking and they were able to mend it together. You know, couples going through struggles uh, of trying to get pregnant, um, 
you know, trying to get a financial footing, trying to not um, sell your home uh, or, or, or triple mortgage your home uh, to, to get money for IVF. You know, there's so many things that can divide any relationship, but those same exact things can also pull the relationship more deeply together. And, and that's the amazing thing. Whatever pushes you apart is also the same exact thing that could, you know, make you even double down and get even closer and, and, and get more aligned. And, you know, as I was, you know, in my, in my early years of marriage, I would always look at like, you know, what's, what's going to be the more successful relationship, the relationship where there are kids or the relationship where there's not kids, because, you know, we always have heard that classic line. Well, you know, if there are kids that, that will, you know, there's something inherent now in the relationship that will always keep us together. But, you know, you and I were chatting a little bit before about, you know, what's the why, why are you even together as a couple? Uh, you know, and then obviously, you know, why do you want to have, you know, a child? Uh, what's what? What are you hoping to do? Is it just to procreate? Is it just to um, continue the 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 line the family lineage? Is it because you're being shamed? A really, really close friend of mine, you know, who's now you know in her mid forties and single, um, for years, for so many years, her parents, uh, you know, I met her when she was in her early twenties. Uh, for years, her parents were like, "Are you gonna, are you gonna deliver me that grandkid? Are you gonna give me that grandchild?" Uh, and it was so much pressure on her on a consistent basis. And my feeling was, and she works with kids. She's been a special ed teacher for all this time. She's been working with kids in so many different ways. But I had always felt like, you know, that's like one of those absolutely unnecessary pressures. But it's real. It's on her. And so I'm sure that. You know, just that internal pressure of having to deliver, uh, not to disappoint, you know, your parents. Yeah, I had that same experience. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, and, I, and I have to say, um, some of the things that you taught me really made it a, a good experience six months later. But I, I had this, my, my mom and I were always very close growing up and, um, you know, almost like friends more than parents. And she was actually, she was in my office and she was getting a treatment and it was, it wasn't around this to begin with, but you know, the emotional floods were happening and I came back in the room and she was crying and she, she was kind of angry and she said something to the effect of, you know, she said a lot of things, but it, to the effect of, you know, what have I done for you to not have children? <laughs> wow. And Right. And I, and the whole time I'm standing there, like thinking filial piety, filial piety, like this is, this is her emotional stuff, which is, this is also why they tell you not to treat your parents. Right. <laughs> but I also knew that my sister was newly pregnant for the first time. She had just told me and she hadn't told my mom yet. And I was standing there like brimming with this secret of I have the keys to what will make you happy, but and trying not to take it personally and, and not be hurt at the same time. And, and she didn't mean to hurt me. She just, you know, it was it was her need too to be to be a grandparent, right? And I think there's some unfair pressure there sometimes. And uh, long story short, we didn't talk. We didn't talk for like six months. And it was the first time in my life that that had ever happened. And we started to talk a little bit before my sister's birth because we knew that we were both going to be there. Um, and part of how I began to to talk to her was through the con through the um, nonviolent communication <laughs> techniques, 
which, you know, the book from Marshall Rosenberg, which was so pivotal and how I speak to people. And it was a book that I resisted forever until you made me read it (laughs) during a teacher training. (laughs) You know, my first thought was like, I'm not violent. I don't say mean things to people. And, you know, then I read this book and figured out, you know, what it was really about, about understanding what the other person needs and wants. And, And I, that Christmas, I gave that book to my mother with a note that said, you know, I'd really like it if this is what I'm trying to to enhance my relationships with, and I can't do it alone. And if you would like to read it and practice with me, I think we would be better for it. And, you know, it was in that moment that I realized that this was such an important tool for anybody struggling with the aspects of infertility, whether it was with their own partner and really saying what they mean and not in a hurtful way or with their parents or with well-meaning colleagues at a dinner table who are asking, you know, when are you going to have tiny humans? And meanwhile, you've been trying in silence for five years and you're about to break open, right? You know, that book was, is, I think, been such a game changer for many of the people that I've had read it in terms of how to use it to express themselves in a way that's that's not hurtful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it comes down to, you know, I think the, the core of those teachings is um, speaking in terms of observations versus interpretations. And that's so, you know, like essentially you know, when someone says, so when are you going to give me what I want? Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, well, that means it's not even a question of if I'm going to, it's just a question of when. And so I'm in a disappointing state every single moment that I don't deliver the goods. Right. Uh, you know, it can be maddening, especially when you're, you know, hanging out in not just, you know, family, but if all your friends have kids and all your, uh, you know, you, you, you watch some, you know, watch a mother roll, rolling a little kid around in the supermarket. You know, I mean, this just builds and builds and builds. There are signs every single place we look. And this is a world where um, most people have kids. And so, you know, that there's, uh, you know, there was a time when, when realistically, uh, you know, there was like a, like a whole world of, of people not having kids. Uh, single people, people who are making that choice consciously, gay couples. And now that's, you know, there's, there's so many massive, well, with, with technology, with medical technology and with um, adoption going global, you know, that's really, you know, shifted that sort of like, well, if you want a child in your house, you can do that. You can't necessarily, you know, guarantee that you birth it yourself, but if you want a child in your house, you can pretty much make that happen, which you know, suddenly really has, has made it even more uh, oppressive or guilt-laden on couples who are saying, we're trying to have, you know, we're trying to create something with each other to, to you know, to have our child. And there are people like, well, you can always adopt, you know. So, I mean, it's even more pressure, you know. So between the blame and the guilt and the shame uh, and the pressure, right, right. we need tools. Uh, and there are so many tools out there and we need the ability to um, lean into a tool to suddenly go, oh yeah, here's here's when I, this isn't when I don't use the tool, this is when I use the tool. And we were chatting before as, as well, you know, that, you know, realistically, um, when people face crisis, that's the moment that they typically abandon all the practices or all the teachings or all the tools because they're overwhelmed or they're highly emotional or they have a better excuse 
you know, and it's all about excuses. You can do the same thing about, you know, not working out or, or anything else. So I encourage people, you know, once you know the tool, when you find yourself in crisis, lean into the tool, use the tool. Because since I've been actively using the tools every single day, when I say tools, uh, just a 16-second meditation here, um, closing my eyes and following my breath, you know, for a minute, taking a break every 45 minutes while I'm at work, rather than launching into someone to scold them or scorch the village, really reeling it back in and and breathing and connecting to, you know, asking myself a few questions like, um, what would my best version do right now? Not, you know, or how important is it for me to win right now or teach the lesson right now? And uh, if we can get those sort of like in a, a ritualized way in our life, then then we don't have crises. You know, I don't, you know, I used to have crisis, a crisis uh, appearing on a consistent basis in my life. And probably for the last decade, I have very, very few crises because I, because I use the tools. So we need to proactively get into that usage. And I'm sure you've benefited from that as well, because it's like brushing your teeth. If you only brushed your teeth when the dentist said you had a cavity, you would have no teeth left. Right. And so we need to brush every day, um, not just after the fact. Same thing with connecting to the stillness and silence. You know, science is now confirming all this stuff. You know, there have been lots of masters and teachers and gurus talking about this stuff for a thousand years. But it's really just in the last five years that science has now really confirmed that um, meditation actually boosts your immune system. Meditation actually releases uh, certain hormones and chemicals to to boost your your reproductive system, to to boost your growth hormones, while it suppresses cortisol, adrenaline, and glucagon. So, if you're looking for like what's the what's the easiest way for you to heighten the probability or possibility that you could get pregnant? Well, the, the, the easiest non-drug is a, is a lifestyle shift. And, you know, it's not standing on your head after you've been inseminated all day long. It's actually connecting to stillness and silence, just like we did at the beginning um, of our conversation. Yeah. And connecting with your partner, you know, instead of treating them like this thing that's going to get you what you want, which happens, unfortunately, over time when you're trying and it's not working. Right. And there can be so much finger pointing even within the relationship, you know, as well. And whether it's whether it's overt or not, it's like, well, I'm fertile, but he's not or, you know, he is, but I'm not. And then suddenly it's like, um, I'm I'm less of a person because of that. Or, you know, I mean, that can really be so, so divisive. I speak from experience. I struggled with fertility. My wife and I struggled with fertility for many years. And we, we did the IVF route and we, um, for many years, and I became like one of the greatest injectors into muscles, you know, uh, uh, that, you know, that exist on the planet. I, I became so expert at, at giving injections and, you know, we struggled through, through multiple miscarriages and, you know, so I, I understand the, 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 the trauma, the pain. We were also, you know, in, in one of those couples groups and, you know, for like a year and a half. And we went through three cycles of people coming in and then 
delivering the good news from them that they got pregnant. And we were like, wah, wah. We we're just like sitting there going, okay, maybe. It'll, and then they would leave, you know, because they have no reason to be in the group anymore. And so that was always, you know, very, very challenging. As you started with a group of eight couples, it got whittled down to two. It's like playing Russian roulette, you know, at that point. It's just like, ah, kill me. Um, so, so I, I, I you know, I've, I've, I've been through this journey and, um, and so I understand the, the, the pain and the sadness and the frustration that so many people um, can go through or have gone through. And um, again, it, it, it goes down to one of the ancient Vedic texts, which you also, I forced you to read. You know, the Bhagavad Gita, uh, chapter 2, verse 47, which says, we have total control over our own actions and no control over the fruit of those actions, which means we have to, we have to bring our best version to every moment. We can't guarantee the outcome. And, you know, chapter two, verse 48 of the Bhagavad Gita says, yoga stakuru karmani, which is establish yourself in the present moment and then perform action. And that means don't get reactive, don't get knee jerk, don't live from a conditioned space, always get yourself still. I mean, within the sports world, not that any of our listeners here necessarily follow soccer, but they actually just came up with an amazing um, research study that the kicker is kicking the penalty kicks, which is just when it's them against the goalie, you know, and they get to just run up and and kick kick that... um, and kick the ball to try to to get a penalty sh- uh, score a penalty shot uh, that those kickers who uh, take at least ten seconds to center themselves and ground themselves and zone themselves in um, have a higher scoring percentage. You know, it was even in like in the movie uh, Bagger Vance with uh, uh, Will Smith and, and Matt Damon. You know, that, you know, if you can just not live in a conditioned state or a pressure, pressured state, then we know your body's going to flow more naturally. It's going to more um, naturally return to a state of homeostasis. And this doesn't mean that everyone who just gets relaxed suddenly gets pregnant, but it means that you have a higher likelihood of just being happier with your life if you can live from the present moment. And that's really why mm-hmm. I wrote Sacred Powers, because I, I wanted people to have the tools to actually get themselves to that present moment and then make a really powerful conscious choice how they should proceed you know, in their life. So it's, it's an interesting journey that we're all on. And I think you know, like the work that you're doing uh, is, is adding so much value because it's helping people really um, know that there are so many resources that they have to help them uh, during the process and, and with the outcome. So bravo to you. Mm, well, thank you. I definitely wouldn't be doing this without your teachings. And I'm blown away by your openness to share after all these years of sitting with you. I've, I, I didn't even know that about your your fertility struggles until we were talking before the show. And you know, I think that that's just a testament to you to be so wide open and available to to people on the planet that you've never met. And it's important for people that are trying to to remember because oftentimes I see them get upset when people around them are pregnant and they think that it came so naturally. But the fact of the matter is, is you don't know. You don't know how long somebody was trying, right? right. right? And, you know, when we were chatting about 
when you know, that was in your life. And, and I, I'm curious, like, do you, looking back on those years of the struggle and, you know, you are open about, you know, not having meditated during that time. It was a, a time in your life when it was, everything was about corporate America. Do you think things would have been different maybe, or do you think that your experience through it would have been different had you been meditating every day? Well, I don't believe that I can go back in time. And I don't believe that I could even say, oh, if only I had those tools. But my life was so miserable that I have to assume that if I had some <laughs> um, innate relief system uh, going and, uh, you know, it brought my wife and I much, much closer together. Um, so that was an interesting aspect, you know, it did, it, it, and it had the opportunity, believe me, we, there were a lot of, you know, when you're, when you're living as a couple and you're always in stress mode, it's not even you who's arguing. It's the hormones and chemicals who are arguing, you know, it's not you who's feeling worthless or, or, or pointing fingers or shame, blame games. It's, you know, so, so much of it is driven by chemicals and hormones. So I uh, 100% believe that um, because I, I have, listen, I have other crises in my life. You know, I have other, I have, I have other challenges uh, that I've you know faced over the last fifteen years as I've gotten deeper and deeper uh, into these teachings and living these practices. And those things I've been able to handle much more gracefully, and I don't uh, bring uh, so much of that um, finger pointing or harshness. I sleep better at night. I'm a little more relaxed in, in stressful situations. You know, I'm a type A New Yorker. So, you know, there's, you know, that's uh, from Queens. That's embedded inside of me. Uh, but these teachings have made me more patient, more resilient, more accepting. Uh, these teachings have made me kinder to myself, more forgiving to myself. And from there, uh, kinder and more forgiving to other people. And it's not just me. You know, I've trained... You know, I, I, I've trained hundreds of thousands of people around the world, and I, I'm not following up on all of those. But I have, you know, a sort of core, and you would be one of those people. And, and you know, in, in the thousands that I've, you know, shared so much of this uh, body of wisdom with, and realistically, it makes all of our lives better. You know, it, uh, you know there, there are health challenges that we have that uh, are outside of, of, of fertility or, or, or pregnancy. There are emotional challenges that we have that certainly transcend uh, finger pointing or the frustrations of, of not bringing your life to a state where you want to be. You know, there's, uh, I talk about in, in de-stressifying, I talk a lot about this concept of the five realms of our life. And if we can look at our life through this filter of five realms, the physical realm, which is our physical body, which realistically, probably most people undergoing fertility and, and having uh, pregnancy uh, challenges, you know, their attention is that. And maybe they say, well, this is my whole life. There's nothing else that matters. You know, every time I look at someone else with a child, I, I cry hysterically or I pick up the phone or I don't want to pick up the phone because it's going to be one of my relatives asking me like, well, did it work? Um, you know, because that only happened to me for, for, you know, every single, you know, month for years. That was like the question when you picked up the phone. Are you pregnant? Did it work? Um, and so that could drive people crazy. That could drive people insane. And so these tools um, really allow you to, to balance that physical realm of your life and put it in perspective. But there are other realms as well. There's the emotional realm. How do you respond when your needs are not met? What are you doing with that information? 
you know, just because it turned out that you didn't get pregnant this cycle, that doesn't mean that you should, you know, be a bitch or, or angry or fighting all the time or living in deep depression. You know, we have a, we have a choice of how we want to respond in every single moment. And uh, frustration, when frustration levels are running high, we call it emotional leakage. You're, you're certainly in your practice, you're familiar with that. You know, it's, it, it colors everything. You know, someone cuts in front of you on the highway and you want to kill them. Someone, you know, is really slow at the checkout line, you, you know, and you're, you know, you're barking at them. It makes you realize, you know, that uh, if you were suddenly a parent, you wouldn't be like you would be this magical Mary Poppins character. You would you'd probably right. barking at them right now. <laughs> um, so we, um, so our emotional realm, it's so important. And, and these teachings of meditation and mindfulness and connecting to stillness and, and learning so many other, other um, tools that I, that I share, that I've shared in really in all my books, um, you know, that's another lens. Then there's the material realm. You know, all of our stuff, uh, that's enough to, you know, we live our lives based on, you know, do we have enough insurance and, you know, is this the right car and the right house and do we have enough money and what's in the reserve fund? And if it's not that and you have plenty of money, you know, you're, is it in the right place? And are you putting it, you know, can you help other people or other people asking you for money? What about all the stuff that you have, the clothes, the accessories, the the furniture, the jewelry, the artwork, the sculptures, the, and probably, you know, in Florida too, it's all about like, you know, should I get a pool? Do I need a fire pit? You know, like all that other stuff, you know? So, I mean, there's so many other things that are, you know, pouring into us. Um, and then of course there's the relationship realm and that's like, what's the relationship that you have with yourself? What's the relationship you have with your partner? What's the relationship you have with those other core people in your life with your loved ones, whether they live close to you or far away, what's the relationship you have? Um, you know what they say? And I speak from experience because, because, uh, I often have either my dad or my in-laws, you know, living with me for extended periods of time. And they say, think you're enlightened, try living with your parents. Uh, so, so I know that, you know, there's, that's, that, that's a whole nother level of relationships and you live close, you know, to, to your loved ones or far away from them? What's your relationship, you know, relationships that you have in the workplace, relationships that you have with your community, uh, with your local friends? And, you know, what's your relationship that you have with spirit? And, uh, and that can be anyone's interpretation of whatever their higher power is. And, you know, that's, that's the final realm, the spiritual realm. You know, that thing that we believe or that we know is bigger than us that we're a part of you know, and this is where we have the conversation of what's my purpose? Doesn't have to be your job. You know, there's an there's an ancient um, teaching in um, it's a Sanskrit word. It's called dri d h r i. Um, it's like the root for dharma. We've all heard of dharma because of that TV show Greg and Dharma. But you know, dharma a lot of people think you know means purpose, but dri is the root of that. D-H-R-I. And in ancient times, when I say ancient, I'm talking about 7,000 years ago, this was considered to be the force that held the stars apart and the universe together. And so this is where we get to ask that deeper question of ourselves. What holds my stars apart and my universe together? Is it my need to have a kid? Is it my partner? Is it the vision of, of what I do with my life? Is it some, some cause that all my attention is on? Is it something that I like to do that brings me deep fulfillment? 
Um, you know, what? I think that's an important question to ask yourself every single day. Uh, what holds my stars apart and my universe together? The actual translation of Dri is that which upholds. So what is it that upholds your life? And if we can come back to that on a consistent basis, we'll, we'll have greater clarity on why we're doing things and what are the things we should be doing and where can we get deeper fulfillment and what's a rabbit hole and what's a distraction and what's nourishment. I love when you break down the teachings into the five realms because it makes overwhelm seem so clear in bite-sized chunks of what's working and what needs to go to make space for something new to come in, you know, and, and just that simple teaching, you know, that which upholds like it, you know, coming back to your relationship, what, up, what upholds your relationship together? Right. You know, that's first and foremost, even before having kids, because you're really going to need to remember that when you do have kids, because you're going to be out. Here. Right. If you have kids, you need Trust it me. really badly. If you don't have kids, you need it really badly. So right. that's the thing. That's the, that's the universal <laughs> yeah. consistent thread that needs to run through the relationship no matter what. Yeah. That which yeah. upholds. And, you know, and I think what you said about all of these teachings, your ability to practice them every day helps you to have less crisis. And that's kind of the... I don't know, the Zen joke about it, right, is that you have to practice before you have crises because it's easier when you're not in a state of total disarray to calm the mind and to learn how to do that. And it's it's so important because when crisis or challenge hits, that's when you need to be able to flex that muscle to put your awareness where you want it to be. And I think a lot of people have this myth that if you just start meditating, like you're not going to have any problems in your life. And, you know, it's all rainbows and butterflies. When in reality, I think you get stacked with more and more challenges. You just manage to muster some more grace while you're going through it, right? You don't see everything as like this oppressive, horrible thing that's landing on you and crushing you. Right. Um, because you really start to realize that, you know, we're all connected. There's a, you know, one of the, the, the powers that I write about in sacred powers, you know, is that, you know, that really powerful, um, sacred power of your ripple that everyone we touch with our words, with our thoughts, with our actions, um, they're, they're feeling that we are vibrational beings. And so we're feeling, you know, we're feeling the vibrations of everyone around us. And just like, you know, we are sending out those vibrations constantly. And so we have to realize we can proactively do stuff to put ourselves in, in better situations. I mean, so if you're actually willing to like inject drugs into your body or hormones into your body on a consistent basis or take, you know, orally take any types of, of medication, then you're already proactively doing something to give you an end result. So why not proactively do these, you know, just to add another layer of this, you know, some type of practice that will connect you to the present moment. Yeah. I mean, even people going to acupuncture and taking herbs, they're, they're in that same boat. They're, I mean, my goodness, they're getting needles poked into them to relax. And, you know, I'm a little biased because that's what I do, but they're already in that state. Like they've already chosen to, to do something proactively. And it's, I think that they forget that they have the power within them to do it. And that, right. you know, that was the first thing that I got out of your very first book. The guru lives inside. It's, it's up right. to you make a clear choice. And that was so important because it shaped then, you know, the last seven years of my life. Yeah. Well, and, 
And so that should just be the answer to everyone. This is right. just this is just one there's just one more modality or one more technology to 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 get you centered, to keep you in the best place possible. Well, the path of one, that is one of his five divine principles and sacred powers. If you yes. want to know what the other four are, you'll have to read the book, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, but he has so graciously offered um, a free download of the three sacred gifts, which I feel that all of my listeners need to hear. There's a link in the show notes if you want to um, listen to this recording that he's prepared. It was only for people that pre-bought, but since this is coming out after the book launches and it's just a gift for you of sharing an hour of your life with us, um, the link is in the show notes at ladypotions.com backslash episode 15. Uh, and the coupon code that you have to type in is sacred gifts, all one word with no space. Um, and that'll be in the show notes as well. But I encourage you to to just keep this going. Go go get yourself some more of David G's calming voice. Let him wake you up the way he woke me up. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's there's a couple of hundred free guided meditations on davidg.com. So if, if, yes. if anyone feels the need for a little calm in their life, um, you have the resources that should take you at least through the first 200 days of 2018. Right. So after that, yeah. we would hope something is stuck. Yeah. Right. Something unstuck. Yes. You you put my, my 12 free meditations I have to shame. <laughs> you you are the master of hundreds. There's a, there's also one I love on there too of with conscious communication. Um, that was part of your 40 days of transformation. I yeah. think you've got like four up there that are, they're long. They're like almost an hour long, right? So there's so many ways for people to connect with you and um, learn about what you have to offer and how it can apply to them completely free of charge. But I'm a big nerd. I love books. So, you know, check out Sacred Powers or Destressifying for your and, husband. And I'm uh, not a big nerd, but I am uh, an author. And so, <laughs> so I encourage everyone to, to uh, read the book somehow, however you need to get access to that book and you can get it anywhere um, where, where books are sold. Well, I know that you have hundreds more meditations that you have to go create now to go with this book <laughs> you're chatting. So I do want to be mindful of your time and our listeners. Um, but I just, I can't thank you enough for a being my teacher and helping to shape who I am and you following your Dharma. Um, if you hadn't made that journey after the trade centers fell, I don't know where a lot of us would be. Um, I don't know that so many of us would have woken up to these ancient teachings in a way that we could understand without your help. And, you know, certainly this podcast would not be out there without you uh, and your encouragement. So thank you, truly. Thank you so much. That means the world to me. You are such a magnificent expression of this body of, of timeless wisdom. So anyone who gets the chance to, to work with you in person um, or even to listen to, uh, you know, the things that you are sharing with the world while you're on your mission of Dri, you know, um, uh, is, is, is really so fortunate. So thank you so much for all the work that you do. All right. Well, we're going to continue this love fest offline. So for those listeners out there, thank you. And bye for now. We'll see you next week. Namaste. Namaste. Thanks for listening to Fertile Minds Radio, hosted at www.ladyportions.com, where you'll find past episodes, show notes, and free meditations. 
If you've benefited from what you've heard, leave a comment or review so it makes it easier for others to find this valuable wisdom. Let's help elevate each other. Thanks for listening.